Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode five of the KDH podcast. Can I just thank everyone uh, right at the beginning, like I do every single time, for the feedback I've been receiving, like anyone that's took the time to message me, taking the time out of their day. Honestly, I appreciate it so much. Like the fact that the podcast is, is getting that message out there and it's helping people, that's the, the end goal of it. That's why I've done it. So obviously, it's such a good platform for, like I love podcasts. I love just sitting listening to people talking. And it's such a good thing. Today's podcast isn't going to be an interview. As I said, the podcast has evolved and I'm doing a solo one today. We're going to be talking everything nutrition. We're going to be talking common misconceptions. We're going to be talking problems that people face, hurdles that people face, and talking a bit about fat loss and stuff as well because everyone, so everyone wants to know how to get a wee bit leaner. It's always a, a common thing. Um, most people want to get a wee bit leaner, but not everyone. Like People have different goals as well, but... It is a big part of it. But again, we'll come into that and we'll touch base on that as well. Another good thing is that I think it's the third podcast and about three of them that I've not had a blocked nose to hay fever. So thank God for that. And um, so before we get started, if you are interested in working with me at all, I do have a free trial for my online community. I've got 60 members right now. It's brilliant. Uh, well, generating some amazing goals, making some amazing progress. And it's a fantastic community to be a part of as well. Hopefully in the coming months, coming weeks, we'll be able to be doing some outdoor training if anyone's local and they're able to do that. And I'm also back to doing one-to-one outdoor sessions as well, which is great. And the weather's absolutely amazing right now, but that'll probably last for about a day because we're in Scotland, which is great. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start off with some questions. Then I'm going to go and touch base on some different points. I've got my notes in front of me. I've written down quite a lot because it is such a vast topic. And again, I'm probably not going to cover everything about it. It's not like going to be 40 minutes. That's you complete nutrition, mate. It's genuinely a lot of different things. So we're going to start off with why do we find it so hard as a majority? I'm not talking about everyone, but a lot of people do struggle with it. And there's a lot of psychology behind it. There's a lot of obviously reasons, uh, misinformation, lack of education, so many different things. But I'm going to go over a few different points. Um, there's just so much shit and confusion caused by the fitness industry. People's individual mindset. So mindset's a huge one, like just the fear of failure, like not believing in yourself, always giving up, like lack of discipline. There's so many things there. Um, conflicting beliefs. So because someone done this diet once, but they don't actually know the reasoning behind it, they're just hell-bent that that's how it works. Like they've done keto, so they're like, you need to cut carbs to lose fat. Carbs are the enemy, you can't do that. Or... Because someone once went to Slimming World and they didn't eat any sins for a while. I don't really know 100% how it works. And as a result of that, they lost some fat. It's still the same principle. All these diets, any diet where you've lost any fat follows the same principle of the caloric deficit. You need to be expending more energy than you're consuming. And I can guarantee you that with all the, um, what do you call it? Every success you ever seen within a diet, there'll be a lot of failures as well. And that's even for the sort of evidence-based approach as well, like myself, the way I go about it. Um, I suppose it's like the bookies like or someone that's a gambler. They'll never tell you about the wins, don't you? And I think that's all you hear about. It's just the, the, the success stories, and there's a lot of losses as well. But we're going to come into that. Um, previously hardwired, I've, I've said it hardwired. Like I've had people where I'm telling them that they can eat the foods they can enjoy whilst losing fat. And they're like, here, when I done this diet, they said you couldn't eat that. And I've had people being like, so can I eat butter? And I'm like, yes, you can have butter. It's just calories. And they're like, they're just, they just can't get their head around it. I've had people where I've trained them and it's a year down the line. So they're like, wait there, Christian, you're telling me that I could eat a diet consisting only of McDonald's. But if I was expending more calories than I was consuming, I could still drop body fat or maintain my, uh, my current size. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't advise it. You wouldn't feel very good for it. Um, and there's actually, um, is, I think it's Syat Fitness, he actually done the Big Mac di diet where he ate a Big Mac every single day for 30 days while he was doing a cut and he still dropped body fat because he was just managing his calories. Like th that was it. And But it, it shocked so many people because it does, it just drums down to that. You will get people that will tell you like, obviously like carbohydrates, fats and protein have different values within the bo uh, body as in different roles within the body. Um, in each one, the, the, the thermic effect, the, the rate at which they digest is slightly different. This is splitting hairs, man. This is like, you don't need to worry about that stuff. Like if you've got your head around your calories, like that's the main thing. And they brought up a really good point in the last podcast. I actually loved it. Like nutrition for average Joes. So I'm talking the majority of the population is simple. 
nutrition for athletes is complicated. See when people are trying to optimize and get the fastest 5K time, or you've got like boxers being absolutely in peak condition for the fight, there's, there's so much that they look into. Whereas, see for someone that just wants to get a wee bit leaner, they want to learn how to build a wee bit of muscle whilst being a full-time dad or a full-time mum, do you know what I mean? Like, they don't need to go into the, the, the levels of that, but people think you do. And I think this is, again, it's conflicting interests, previously hardwired a certain way. And the worst one is there's people watching documentaries and Netflix for an hour and thinking they're a fucking expert nutritionist. Like, people are watching The Game Changers. Like, I know someone that was like, watch The Game Changers, and they were like that to me. Oh, I'm thinking about going vegan because the benefits. I was like, yeah, but you don't like vegetables. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, how Like, how did that even come about there? Like, how did you even think that? But it's just people are very, very influenced by just watching things on telly. And I'm not saying, like, there's, there's a lot of good documentaries in telly that are, like, so factual-based. Like, I've watched a lot of good things on Netflix as well. But I'm talking, like, like things that just obviously talking about, like, nutrition, like, like very, very, like some of these documentaries are obviously going to be very in favor of that particular way. And the, the thing that I tell everyone with nutrition, that there is no right or wrong. There's no perfect diet. There's no perfect way. There's no magic spreadsheet of what exactly you need to eat. There's no magic pill that you need to swallow. It's just a case of being adherent, being consistent and setting it in line with your desired goal. That's it. Um, but when I started as a PT, I didn't really know how to approach or deliver it. So I've been a personal trainer just over three years. Um, my knowledge, so I'll talk about my sort of knowledge of, of nutrition. When I was younger, it was absolutely no. Like I mentioned that I have a massive appetite. I fucking love eating. I love scranning food. And to be honest, if I didn't, wasn't as active as I was, um, if I wasn't moving about as much as I was, like recently, I've been mean, when I was doing a lot of, like, I'm still doing a lot of training right now. It's not uncommon for me to consume 45,000 calories in a day. Like, that is not uncommon. And the other weekend, I cycled 100 miles. And most folk would be like, oh, man, you get um, so lean doing that. I didn't budge at all because I was still consuming in line with what I was doing. I was still consuming my maintenance calories. Like, you see me, like, when I post content online, if I've ever posted anything where I've got my top off or anything like that at all, or you even just see me, my weight fluctuates up and down very small but I genuinely stay anywhere between sort of 83 to 87 kilograms but it, it's all dependent on what I'm doing but yeah it's, it's, it's not it's not complex it's just a, a case of because a lot of people are under this illusion as well with exercise that you do certain exercises or or when I do cardio the weight just drops off me and I'm like well like you can't just say that like you can't just do 10 minutes in this treadmill and then you just start dropping body fat you need to be in a, a consistent energy deficit yeah if you're doing I'll, let's say let's let's use the example of running. Let's say that you're clocking up hundreds of miles each week. Then I, you're going to be expending a lot of energy. But as well, you need to be at the fitness to be at that point. You can't you can't just be like, yeah, cardio is great for fat loss. Like exercise isn't the main driver for fat loss. Like it's a it's a, a collaboration of movement, exercise, and nutrition. It's not just one area. Um, so yeah, my my knowledge wasn't very very much. Like even when I was at when I was in the Air Force, when I was like nineteen twenty, it was just like yeah, just eat protein. I remember like in the block I used to eat things like fucking beans and tuna mixed together. It was rank, but I was like, oh, this will be good for building muscle. This is great. It's dead clean. Another word that I hate people using: clean eating. Oh, I need to start eating clean. Like people are like saying things. I need to eat dead healthy. Like like people when it like when it comes to I'm using fat loss again as an example are just under this illusion that they need to eat a certain way or they need to eat certain foods in order to lose fat. As I said before, you need to address your calories and then you can start looking at things like that. But again, we will come into that. I don't want to jump ahead. Um, so yeah, when it came to nutrition, so I wasn't dead knowledgeable. It was when I was in probably my early 20s, late teens, I started tracking my calories and it just opened my eyes up. I was like, whoa. And when I started delivering that to people, I just started thinking to myself, don't overcomplicate it and never tell anyone to practice anything that you haven't before. And that's what I stand by and keep things simple. Because as I said, most people, like if you were to tell people to look at their fat intake, their meal timing, their, their protein intake, looking at their vitamin A, looking at their salts, like it's ridiculous. And then this is it. 
that if I had a penny for every time I heard a personal trainer say to, someone say to me that they'd been to a previous personal trainer and they told them that they couldn't eat this or they had to eat this certain way, what I, what I always say to that is, I bet you they have never done that before. They have just read something online or they, they have just overcome, they're just trying to make it so textbook or they're just trying to, they're trying to read off the level three literature. They're, they're not thinking about it. How did you do it? Just think how you done it. Look, obviously, factual evidence-based research and then be like, right, I'm going to apply this to everyone. And that's what I do. Um, yeah, so that is another issue as well, like misinformation, the amount of, the lack of it, lack of regulation within the fitness industry. Then you get people going, yeah, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Fruit's got too much sugar in it. That's one that I hear all the time. And I'm like, what? Um, yeah, so when someone says that to you, like I wanted a PT that told me X, Y, and Z, that X, Y, and Z could be anything. Uh, people take things out of context as well. They hear one bit of something and they might hear it incorrectly. And that that happens with me as well. Like it happens with me frequently, but I've just learned to live with that. Like I'm trying to tell people the right information, but they just hear bits of it. They don't want to hear it all. They're like, oh, I'm like, here, why don't you try this? And they're like, yeah, but you told me that not to eat in the morning. I'm like, no, I never said that. I said, why don't you try and skip breakfast? Because maybe this is a person that's very unwilling to track their calories and they're trying to lose fat. I'm like, why don't you just skip breakfast? And then they go, Christian says breakfast is bad. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm saying, why don't you do that? Because if you can't be bothered to track your calories by skipping breakfast, you've just created a bigger window to consume more calories at your lunch and dinner so you can consume calories more freely without worrying about it as much because you've cut a meal out. It's not that I'm telling someone that oh, that'll kick, it'll kickstart your metabolism, it'll get you doing this. It's, it's not that. I've just said it's just managing calories but without actually tracking them. Um, yeah, so... And it like a lot of the things that people do say within the fitness industry as well, it could just be pure regurgitated bullshit or it could be something that that PT's done and they'll just like, right, I'm just going to give them that. And I think you see this quite a lot in the bodybuilding community where someone's done a meal plan to be on prep that their coach gave them. They then become a PT because they've done a bodybuilding show and they're like, do you know what? I'm just going to give my clients the exact same process that I went through, forgetting that this person's adherent to exercise they've already been training for six years like there's all these principles but like, well that worked for me so it works for everyone and there is no one size fits all but again these are just other reasons why there's more confusion um so now you have these impressionable people who just want to lose their belly and think that nutrition is like fucking mission impossible because all of these different points that i've just went across there people are like oh my god this is a headache this is so hard I recently had someone um, in one of my sales calls who was talking over the phone and they were like, look, I don't want to track my calories. That I just want you to, to give me a meal plan so that I can do that. And I went, look, are you going to do that the rest of your life? And they were like, um, probably not. And I'm like, well, why don't you track your calories for a little bit? You get your head around your consumption. You get your head around maybe why you're in the position you're in now because you'll be addressing the fact that what you're consuming doesn't match with your movement and you can address that. And it's like, oh, that's actually a very good long-term answer. But people just won't want there and now. And I think this is another issue as well. So, yeah, there is a lot of different things. Um, my coaching, the way that I do it, isn't perfect by any means. I'm just telling people to do what works because this is the facts. And it is, it's, it is hard as a PT. It's like you, you try to tell someone, like, look, do this and it will 100% help you. And one of the best things I heard a while ago was off my friend Niall that's a physio and he said, people need to learn from their own data. And I've, I know this as well. I know this firsthand. I used to be very anti-PT. I used to be very anti, oh, I can do that myself. And it wasn't until I started doing the things that someone had told me to do like 18 months before. And I was like, I feel like an idiot. Why is it taking me this long to do it? Just because my ego was in the way. So yeah, it's, it's not the fact that my way is right. There is no right or wrong. However, the way that I instruct people to go about, about things is very clear, it's measured, and it's understanding. But you need to do all the parts. You can't just do bits of it. So the way I go about things, I'm like to someone, right, track your calories, eat more protein, eat more veggies, cycle your calories, move about as much as you can, and exercise, repeat until further notice, and strive for maintenance. Too many people are striving for this like fat loss forever thing. And this is a statement that I may, I've made before. And I actually had someone quote it as well, which I was pretty proud about. And it was, fat loss shouldn't be seen as a forever thing. If someone has 30 kilograms of body fat and another person has 15 and they're both in a fat loss journey, it just means the person with more body fat is in a longer fat loss journey. 
You've got people joining slimming clubs that are like getting medals for like being lifetime members. How are you a lifetime member of like a fat loss club? Like that shouldn't be a thing. Like obviously I'm not trying to say there's like a, a perfect body composition, there's a perfect number or a digit you need to be in the scales. There isn't and you'll never ever be happy striving for that. And that's something we'll come on to as well. You'll never be happy. However, you need to get your head around like a sort of implement as your lifestyle and it's not this like, oh, so I'm going on my holiday again this year. I better go and join my, my club or do my diet that I do every year. You lose the same bit of weight that you use it, lose every year. And then you go straight back to it because you follow your routine. You've not actually made any habits or positive changes for your life. You've done short-term fixes that have led to you being in an energy deficit that have led to you dropping uh, some body fat. And you're like, right, cool, I'm happy because you're basing everything on the wrong things. But what I'm trying to tell people is build up the habits so that you are in control for the rest of your life, so that you know what you're doing and you'll be adherent to it and you build up knowledge and understanding. And the thing is, it's not going to be, a, oh, this will be good in one week. Like tracking your nutrition, tracking your movement, regular exercise, setting goals takes time to implement these habits. Like it doesn't sound very good when you say to someone, look, how about we do this for the next year and you get your head around it? And people just want that sort of there and now answer it. Do you know what? I would quite like to just do the thing that's the short-term thing, that diet that I've done before that worked in three weeks um, because they lost X amount of weight in three weeks. But we will come on to why weight um, shouldn't be primarily used as your uh, measurement of progress. But yeah, so this is what uh, people can't get their heads around. They think that there's some definite clean diet and the, they're just searching for this sort of definitive finish line. And there's no finish line. It's just a continuum of just constantly going, constantly trying to make tiny improvements and refocusing every time like you do fall off because you're always going to fall. Um, I'm currently doing a, a refocus in my group right now and, and that's what that's all about. It's just to, to learn to pick yourself back up when you have fallen over and that's what like that's what people need to get their head around rather than thinking, oh, I've been going so well and then they're, they're waiting on that first relapse to happen. The first big weekend where they have a, a mad three nights out in a row or they go on holiday they're just waiting, they're preempting their failure and they're like, no, all you do is you, you just get back on when you left off. Or like, even when I go on holiday now, I, I take my training stuff. Like, I'm not like the holidays I'll go with the boys, maybe a bit more alcohol fueled. So I wouldn't be taking my training stuff there if I was like an IB for, for like a week or something. But I'm talking like if I go away, my girlfriend, if I go away with Ailey, I'm like taking my training stuff because it's part of my lifestyle. And I used to get like, I think it's quite bad. It's like quite sort of sabotaging when you hear people be like, oh, imagine taking your training stuff on holiday. But that's like saying to someone like that smokes, like, oh, imagine you just went on holiday and you didn't smoke. Like it's part of your lifestyle and it's part of your habit. That's what you do. But when it's something that's like good for you, people are like kind of like, why are you doing that when you go on holiday? Like I train most days. So why would I go away for like, say me, me nearly went to, in 2018, we went to Vietnam for nearly three weeks and we trained when we were away and stuff. And I was like, why would I just stop exercising for three weeks if it's someone, something that I do all the time? Fair enough, if I'm away for like a stag weekend or I'm away in Ibiza for a long weekend, I'm not going to take my training stuff. I don't mind having a few days off, but it's just this sort of all or nothing mentality that we need to do. And I would just kind of dipped into training there, but I think people will understand it like that. And people just, they, they see everything as like, like it's a there's a timeline on it and that's another thing if you've got a diet and it's got like a timeline on it just don't do that it's not like a long-term solution do my six-week juice diet and you'll lose this much weight you're not actually changing any making any differences or you're, you're not changing any habits at all you're, all you're doing is you're doing something that's got a timeline on it and it does this and fair enough it might work if you stick to it it probably will work if you stick to it because it's probably about a thousand calories a day so you'll drop up hour away because you're just in a massive energy deficit but it's all the same principle but yeah so um the best nutrition pro protocol for anyone is the one that you can remain consistent with that's it so small habits add up to create significant changes uh, this dips into the psychology a bit more uh, people want instant results but they just don't exist like people uh, are focusing on the wrong things um worrying about their sugar intake worrying about the, the fats and carbohydrate and protein split when they start tracking your calories. Like, see, worrying about these things, do you know what that's like? Like, when I tell someone they come and track their calories and they're going, what about this and what about that? I'm like, number one, you've went an entire life, lifetime without batting an eyelid of your nutrition. 
And when someone's told you to track it, you're picking out every tiny flaw that you think. You're looking at things too closely. If you stare at yourself too closely, you pick up blemishes, you pick up flaws. And then the second point, like the questions that people are asking are genuinely like, like you imagine going for your first driving lesson, right? And you're like the driving instructor. Yeah, mate. How do you, I'm just assuming it's a, a guy. Like you can call it a girl mate as well, but I just remember my, my drive. I'm just envisioning my driving instructor and it was a guy and it was a golf, Volkswagen golf. Things pure rappers, like a two litre diesel. And I remember going in the driving lesson and it's genuinely like me being like, Alan, so how do you do a three point turn on uh, other main street and how do I uh, find the biting point? Like not, that wouldn't make any sense to me if I've not even got in a car and touched the steering wheel. And people asking the questions about things like fat splits and all that before they've even actually started implementing something. It's like trying to sprint before you can even walk. So you need to just take your time. And as I said before, it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound like, oh, he'll do this for the next few months and you'll be really good at it. But that's the reality of it. Like when we put it into like terms of like, if someone was wanting to get really good at a sport, you wouldn't expect them to be good at it in a week. You would expect them to be doing it from a young age, playing that sport from a childhood getting lots of coaching, developing themselves, growing up, being consistent with it. But when it's like nutrition, people want it like there and then, and it just doesn't happen. You just need to practice and just keep consistent. So yeah, don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple and trust the process. Like just realize there's going to be mistakes. Like just realize that you can't label foods as good and bad. It's just the way it is. So we're going to touch more. We have been talking a lot about fat loss and do you know what? Like it's not that I don't like talking about it, but I don't, I don't want to be one of these people that are like succumbing to just making everything nutrition about fat loss, but people make it that way. And as I said, it's not a forever thing. It's however long that your timeline is to get to your desired body composition, but you should be striving to maintain. However, we're going to talk a bit more about fat loss in depth. So the golden rule behind fat loss is obviously achieving a calorie deficit. And I love that people are becoming way more educated about this. I love that it's been said but it's been said like, out of context now. Like You get PTs like, yeah, you just need to be in a calorie deficit. And there's a PT that I follow, Ollie Carson, and he said, just saying that to someone that's overweight is like going to a financial advisor because you're in hundreds of debt and being like, here, how do I get out of debt? And the financial just looks at you with a smug look and says, stop spending as much money. Like, like I knew from a young age that you need to be expending more calories than you were consuming. However, I didn't really understand the ins and outs of it. I just knew that, right, you need to be moving more and eating less. But it doesn't sound as glamorized when you say that as well. So yeah, it is like that is what it comes down to. Move more, eat less. So um, it's not very helpful if someone says that to you. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, this is why I like to personally explain everything in depth and give people an understanding. If, if anyone's ever PT'd with me, and um, coach with me my, my coaching skills have got better over the year i would i would like to think and i do I, I tend to go into depth for this i give people um documents i show them graphics i show them how things work i talk a bit more in depth about it because education and knowledge is like a big part of progression like and i think this is kind of strain away a wee bit there but i start telling people these things once and they come to me and they're like look i've struggled with fat loss for years and you start telling them a bit more in depth about how the body works and they're looking at you like, not everyone, but I've had people when they're looking, kind of looking through you like, listen, mate, this isn't the biology. And I'm like, look, I'm trying to tell you how your body works. But again, they're just wanting that, right? What, 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 what shopping list I need to go and get? What is it I'm not allowed to eat and I'll just cut that out? Or, and then they're like, oh, this, this seems like too much effort. It's not that it's too much effort, but to fully understand how to do something, it just makes much more, it just makes much more sense to actually understand the mechanics behind it like like i always compare everything to cars but i understand driving a car and i remember this as well it was my driving lessons because my driving instructor explained to me how the gearbox worked they explained to me what was happening they they referred it like it was my bike the cogs in my bike and i totally got driving so it made moving through the gears finding the biting point much easier but if you just keep going, no, nope, I don't want to know that, driving is going to be a lot harder if you don't really get it. You might find yourself crunching the gears. You might find yourself stalling a lot more because you're like, yeah, I don't have a clue how this engine even works. But when you understand the mechanics behind something a bit more, it just makes a lot more sense. So obviously I said before, calories in versus calories out. Now let's imagine calories in. How do we 100% determine that? Tracking my fitness pal. People use the Fitbit app as well. And there's another one as well that's really good, but I can't remember the name of it. That's not very helpful. Um, 
So yeah, it is. It's down to tracking. Now, let me tell you some interesting facts about tracking. There are lots of studies into tracking. And from the, uh, a lot of the ones that I've read, between 30 to 50% of people who track under-report their calories. So they're literally forgetting about all these little things, but these little things add up and they compound together. So yeah, that is a big one there. And as I said before, you're not going to be good at it in a week. However, if you keep practicing it and you keep doing it, you get better at it. But yeah, like a lot of people do things like they track Monday to Thursday, they start to take their foot off the gas. And they're like, Christian, I'm only eating 1,200 calories a day and I'm not losing any fat. And I'm looking at them like fucking Pinocchio. I'm like, you are lying for your teeth to me. And it's not that they're lying. And I'm like, right, let's dig a wee bit deeper. So did you track Monday? Yep. Tuesday? Yep. Wednesday? Yep. Thursday? Well, I've done it in the morning. I'm like, what about Friday? Yeah, I didn't track. What about Saturday? Yeah, I didn't track. Sunday? I didn't track. And I'm like, what did you do? Well, I went two nights out. Um, yeah, I had a takeaway on Sunday. Oh, yeah, and I got a KFC for my, my dinner as well. And it's like, ah, oh, right, okay. And it's not saying that you can't have these things, but I'm just saying like, yeah, so that's how your calories have went over. That's how you're not losing any weight because you've massively taken them over. You could be under like Monday to Thursday, but you could be massively over Friday to Sunday, which has skyrocketed your calories for the week. It doesn't just work day to day. Um, it works across, and not even week to week. It's like, as a, it's a continuum. But yeah, so that's tracking is calories in. So let's say you track your calories, and then calories out is determined. It's called your total daily energy expenditure, your TDEE. How you 100% determine that, you can use a formula online, and they will give you a rough answer. Now, I get people asking me this all the time, people that have even went over their calories with them before, people that have tracked, and I'm like, right, you don't need to use a formula anymore. Have you tracked before? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, the formula is just to set a standard, right? The formula is taking four things into consideration. Your basal metabolic rate, and that's essentially, like, what governs that is, like, your muscle mass, your lean mass, your height, your age, your weight, thermal regulation, organ function, and that's a massive chunk. Like, see, if you were to lie in bed the entire day and not move, you would still burn a large point, uh, portion of calories. And it's like, for your average person, it's probably like 70% of the total calories comes from the BMR. And I think a lot of people forget this. I think a lot of people think your body just runs off and nothing. And it doesn't. Like, it, it just for your body to live and function and sit still, it obviously takes a lot of calories. So, yeah, that takes up a big part there. Um, thermic effective feeding. So, that is literally like, your digestive tract working. So yeah, it does take calories to consume that uh, calories and consuming a higher protein diet as well uh, results in a higher thermic effect. And um, so your body works harder to digest protein. Now, this is what I was saying. Every calorie is equal. However, protein leaves you feeling more full. And one of the best explanations that I used for this was in a study I seen a while ago and it said that you need to imagine that carbohydrates, fats, and protein all have a caloric value. So fats is nine calories per gram and protein and carbs is four calories per gram. Out of all three of them, protein is the highest thermic effect. It, it takes your body more energy to digest it. Imagine they were all runners and they were running a mile. It basically means that they would still run the same mile, but protein would run the fastest. That's the best explanation I really have for that. Um, so yeah, that's it does take calories. That's not massive, but yeah. So all these things fluctuate. Um, oh, I'll come on to that, sorry. So then you've got your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that is literally like, talking with your hands, how many steps you do in a day. Um, literally, like, if you stand up more than you sit down, that will contribute marginally more as well. Not massive amounts, but it does. So your knee is anything that isn't classed as exercise, and that's a huge contributor. Um, and you have complete control over that as well. So by increasing your steps, you're increasing your knee. Um, so, yeah. And then you've got exercise activity thermogenesis, your eat, which is obviously going to vary depending on what exercise a person is doing how often they exercise, the size of them, um, how hard they train. There's so many variables there. And this is what when people say to me, Christian, how many calories does that do there? And I'm like, that's such a broad question. But you tend to get questions like that within the fitness industry. People asking things that are just so broad. And you're like, that's quite hard to answer. Like, you can't really answer that. And you need to remember that these formulas are rough. It's not an exact science. So as I said there, they are the four things that govern how many calories you expend in a day. So you can't 100% determine how many calories you've burned in a day. You, like, I don't know if there's like some machine in a laboratory that like you could get hooked up to a machine. It could take your VO2 max, it could take your breath, it could take your heart rate, and I'm sure it could probably give you rough, but it's not going to be absolutely bang on. But what I'm getting at is you can't. 
And see when people slap a Garmin on the wrist and they're like, here, I burned 250 calories during my, my hit session there. I'm like, it doesn't, that, that's not right. It doesn't know that. It could be within the vicinity, but it doesn't 100% know that. Like, you can't just put a watch on and expect it to know. So what I'm trying to get at is it's not an exact science. However, it's, it's ballpark. It's like very, very rough because you could do an extra, let's say that your average amount of steps in the week is 8,000 a day. But then one weekend you decide to go and climb a hill with your friends. You've increased your expenditure on that day. So it's altered the full week. Not massively, but what I'm getting at is it's not going to be the same all the time. But it is, it's, it's, not, I'm not, it's not drastic. Um, one of the things I heard on our podcast recently was with uh, James Smith and Lane Norton. And they said, rather than uh, you shouldn't be referring to your calories as an exact number, but more of a range, more of like a, like, this is the vicinity you want to aim for. Don't worry if you're slightly over. Don't worry if you're slightly under. I'm talking maintenance here, by the way, as well. I'm not talking fat loss or fat gain. So obviously, like it, it still applies. If you were like aiming for a certain amount of calories, let's say that your maintenance calories were between 2,500 to 2,700, your deficit calories would want to be about 2,000 calories, 10 to 20% below um, your maintenance. And that's what people get hung up in the data sometimes. They're like, oh my God, Christian, I'm 100 calories over. I'm like, look, that's not going to make a difference. However, if you're consistently pushing your calories over and you're not moving about enough, like people don't, I think people just think that like you eat one thing and you're just going to pack on fat. Like no one got fat overnight. It happened over an extensive period of time and they made a conscious effort, to, not a conscious effort. Well, they did technically, they weren't moving about as much. They were sitting down more frequently. They weren't exercising. They were making poor choices when it came to nutrition. So in essence, yeah. Um, obviously there's a lot more behind the psychology of that. People comfort eating. Um, people with things that went on in their life and it's led them into like a dark depression where they're, again they're eating for comfort and stuff but it's still a decision it's the same decision as someone losing fat like it, and, and they work the same both ways they don't work like oh it's easier to put on fat than it is to to lose fat like psych, the psychology behind it technically yes like I could quite easily sit there and smash a dominoes and be like mm, I'm not going to exercise today well I probably couldn't because I absolutely love exercising like I love moving about but I could make poor choices with my, my nutrition all the time. However, I know that that would hinder my body composition. I know that it would hinder my mindset. It would obviously, it would fuck my sleep. There's so many things that I know. But again, this is just from taking data, practicing and being consistent. Like I still make um, poor, bad choices like anyone else. Like again, just taking the piss when I'm saying labeling foods. I'll have a takeaway at the weekend. I'll drink beers at the weekend. I'll eat a packet of biscuits the odd time. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm like there's no perfect nutrition and I'm not trying to like put myself on a pedestal of like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. I, my body's a temple. Like I love training. I make sure that I eat a plentiful, like, like plenty of vegetables. I eat a protein rich diet. I eat a variety of foods, but I also eat what I like as well. But I also move about. My average sort of step count is like 14,000 steps a day and I exercise six to nine times a week. Like it's, it's just, but again, this is what I've built up over time, but this is my own body. It's no one else's. So yeah, I have kind of strayed away there a wee bit, but yeah, so they are rough. You never truly know how many calories you've expended in a day. Um, and you also get like people saying things like, my old PT said that I should eat this much and I used this formula and it said X. How come your one says Y? And you're like, like it's a range, man, and it's a rough science. It's not like exact, like just chill out, go and do it, make some mistakes and you'll get it. Like you just get it and this is conversations I've had with people for a long time where they are battling with fat loss. They're battling with it. They're like, I can't get my head around this question. I've tried everything. I'm like, why didn't you try the calories? And they're like, one week later, have you done it yet? Oh no, I've not done it yet. I'm like, look, well, why don't you just stay nice and active, maintain regular exercise? And I'm like, have you done that yet? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you haven't tried everything. You've not tried everything. I'm telling you to go and do this, but you don't want to do it. Oh, I'll just, I'll just go back to what I previously done that didn't work for me. And you're like, oh, come on. So as, again, the psychology, not believing in yourself, fear of failure. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of things there. You're never going to know exactly how many calories you've burned overall or during exercise. You can still lose fat without movement and exercise. It's just going to be a lot more difficult. Not for everyone because not everyone has massive appetites. Someone like myself, I massively use movement and exercise as an enabler when it comes to fat loss. I totally do. And it's not like I'm, I don't endorse people to do this. Um, when I when I I would because I've got such a big appetite that 
I already consume quite a lot of calories. And see, to be honest, like depending on what I'm doing at the time, um, my cutting calories aren't even that low. It's literally in the range of like 2,000 fat. Like recently I've done a cut, but I was doing a lot of cycling, a lot of running, and I was training my online group a lot, doing loads of steps, going to big walks, my dog and stuff. And my cutting calories were 3,500 uh, a day. Well, roughly within that range. Some days I'd eat 3,000, some days I'd eat more, close to 4,000. But again, it's just a continuum. But yeah, so, and then, but then last year when I sprained my ankle um, and I wasn't doing any cardio, I was training upper body weights three times a week. I was doing a cut for going on holiday. Steps were like 12 to 18,000 some days. My cutting calories were like 2,200 to 2,600. So big, big difference there, like a thousand calories a day, but that's because I'm doing way more now. But again, it's, it's always going to vary. It's never going to be exact. But this, you understand this, the more you do it, the more you practice it. Um, yeah, so, sorry, I was lost where I am on my notes. I genuinely guesstimate, like, my calories now. Like, as I said, it's, it's a range. It's not like, you, oh, my God, like, I ate 1,600 today. I'm not going to lose any fat. And you're like, no, just guesstimate it. Um, so, yeah. Um, aye, so if you don't, ex like, you can still lose body fat. As I said, you still burn a baseline of calories regardless. Like, you could lie in bed. It's not massive, and I can tell you that lying in bed all day Will be pretty lethargic. You'll be bored. You probably want to snack out of being bored. So very easy to shoot over your calories, especially when you're someone that does quite a lot of activity. You're already moving about a lot. But I'm saying this as well because other people come to me where they're like, it's like they don't want to do the steps. They don't want to be active. They want to do the absolute bare minimum. And they're kind of looking at me and it's like this sort of, I've had this conversation with folk like, so you're really not going to do the steps. And they're kind of like, nah, I'm not really going to do that, Christian. And I'm like, cool, you're going to have to cut your calories a bit lower then because if you're not going to move about much, you're going to have to be a bit stricter with your diet. And this is maybe someone that's been not adherent to nutrition in the past because they're in the position they're in now and you're kind of like, you're kind of setting yourself up to fail there. But again, that's just someone's own choices. And again, that's the sort of psychology behind it. Um, yeah, so um, stop looking at things so closely. Take a step back. Um, there is no end date and just be consistent with whatever you're doing. So we're going to talk about, about measuring fat loss. So going a bit more into depth from that. Like, so biometric is it impedance scanners. Um, they aren't 100% and I, I never, ever use them. However, um, if you are going to use one, I would probably use it consistently. So maybe the same sort of day and time, Monday morning, first thing when you wake up at like 7 a.m. or something, use it every Monday. If, you, if you're tracking your calories and you're moving about, and you see a decrease overall, yeah. However, picking up a machine from Argos for £20 that lives right next to your, your toilet and you piss on it sometimes by accident isn't probably accurate. You know what I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to send a charge. Like you're, you're not in like Dexter's laboratory figuring out exactly how much body fat you have. They're like rough. However, it's data. And if, it's, if you're tracking it accurately and you're, you're tracking all the things accurately, then I suppose it's just data, isn't it? But again, they're not 100%. So don't think that, oh, this knows exactly how much body fat and water I have in my body. It doesn't. Um, so, yeah, um, fucking weight I've wrote down. Oh, my God. Like, it's the bane of every personal trainer's life. Like, I've went through phases of being like, right, I'm not weighing anyone. I've been through phases of doing it too weekly. I've tried, like, I always weigh people now. However, like, the, the conversations that I've had, people, like, say they're trying to lose fat, and they're like, brilliant, two weeks down the line. You've lost two inches off your hips and you've lost an inch off your waist. Your strength's climbing. You're feeling confident. Um, you're getting noticeably leaner. Like you can actually see it. Your clothes are now looser and they step in the scales. And it's like, I'm like, what's wrong with me? And they're like, I'm still the same weight. Short term, weight fluctuations, there's so many things that can impact it. You may have not been to do a shit. It could be as simple as that. You could have weighed yourself at a different time of the day. You could be wearing different clothes. Um, muscle glycogen, that's a massive one. So you could be in a caloric deficit, tracking your cal calories accurately. Um, you could weigh yourself in the same day. You could literally fluctuate your weight by like four to five pounds if you were to deplete your carbohydrate, your glycogen stores in your muscles. So if you were to like deny yourself of carbohydrates, um, but you were still adhering to a deficit, you could weigh yourself in the morning and then you could still be in a deficit, but consume, say, 400 grams of carbs, carbs over the course of the day. And you could step in the scales later that day. And you could be still dropping body fat because you're in a calorie deficit. But because your muscles are now full and um, retaining more water, more densely packed with glycogen, 
you could literally be like four to five pounds heavier on the scales. Like, you could, like it's don't quote me exactly on that, but what I'm trying to get at is that there is things that do fluctuate your weight massively short term. So don't solely base it on that. If you know that you have been ad- adherent to exercise, moving, tracking your calories, you, you've been really on it. Like, you know, it's, it's not even a case of if, it's a case of when it's going to be happening. Like, it's not even like, oh, because the scales haven't changed, nothing's working. Like, you just need to learn to live with these things and just understand it. Um, but yeah, so try not to just do everything on and off the scales. It's like stepping on and off the scales every day. Like I done that cut there and I never usually weigh myself. I didn't cut myself. I was meaning I done the, a three week cut with my online coaching uh, group. And basically like um, one of the things that I took away, away from it was I was like, I'm going to weigh myself every day and I'd done it. And it was fucking with my head as well. Like I was like, why am I, why am I a pound heavier today? Like it's just that there's so many things, but again, just don't, it doesn't like, if you are adherent to it and you're sticking to it, you are losing fat. If the scales fluctuate up and down from one week, do not worry about it. Like, weigh yourself, take pictures, take measurements, track your nutrition, track your training, track how you feel, like track your strength, your fitness. Don't just base everything on uh, your weight because it is literally like it's a vicious cycle of failure. Um, So yeah, long term, like if someone's got a lot of body fat and they are obviously in a long term fat loss goal, then obviously you might find that they're, they're dropping significant amounts of fat at the beginning because they are morbidly obese. They've, they've got a lot of body fat on them, but you need to understand as well. Like, so I spoke about earlier, your basal metabolic rate. If someone is significantly overweight, like one pound of body fat can literally increase your total basal metabolic rate by per pound, like five to eight calories per day from one pound of body fat. So if you're someone that's like 350 pounds in weight and you're carrying like 150 pounds of body fat, like, you know what I mean? That is literally a maths here. That's like an extra 900 calories a day for the size that you are. So you need to consciously consume a lot of calories just to sustain it. So um, 900 calories on top of your your sort of, your, your normal sort of like where you, not, not, there's no where you should be. You need to watch what you're saying when you're talking about body fat. There's no perfect body fat, but what I mean is if, if someone's like, 150 pounds overweight like that's like a substantial amount of extra calories they need that day in a day just to upkeep that so yeah like when someone is they've got a lot of excess body fat you might see at the beginning when they start tracking their calories moving a bit more it does like there's a a bit more significant weight drop initially because i've had this conversation with people where they're saying things like why am i not losing fat like i was before and i'm like because before you were winging it, you maybe went to, let's say, Slimming World, you started cooking from home, you no longer uh, were eating takeaways five days a week, you are now consciously making an effort to make more, eat more protein, eat more vegetables and cook more low-calorie home-cooked meals. It wasn't the fact that, well, it was obviously due to the fact of it's a combination of overconsumption of calories, like, and obviously the, the, the takeaways tied in with that, but um, it's just obviously you get to a point where you can winging it will only get it so far. And it's not saying that you need to track your calories. It's just a very good idea to do it. So yeah, take pictures, measurements and track everything else. Don't just base everything on your weight. So yeah. Um, weight loss is important, but don't make it all about, uh, all about the number on the scales, set goals, have a plan and weight loss will happen as a byproduct. Um, I always receive messages like people saying things like I need to lose two stone. Um, I will be happy once I'm X weight. They're, they're just saying things and it's all based on weight. And I'm not saying there's, there is a place for weight loss, but like it's like a sort of, I, I love when I, I've trained someone and let's say they, they, were, they, were, they came to me and they said, Christian, I need to lose two stone. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, right, let's do this, this, this. And they start to fall in love with the process. They start setting goals. They're like, Christian, I'm going to aim to squat this much weight for this many reps. Or here, I'm going to sign up to the Glasgow 10K and I love this. It's, it's almost like you're like, well done. You've made it out of that vicious cycle. And like, for years, I was literally just hung up in my weight. And I'm like, that's because you've now fell in love with the process rather than just focusing on a part of the process. And this is where, again, it's that forever. I've been trying to lose the same weight for years and years. And I'm like, well, you need to do something that you can be consistent with. And I'm not saying you need to do an ex- a certain exercise regime. I'm trying to make it clear that you need to do something that you enjoy, something that's going to make the process enjoyable and a lot smoother. And you need to remove as much friction as possible. If you're going back to the same 
protocol with your nutrition that you hate, if you're going to the gym that you hate, if you're going to the same, like you're going for the same processes you do every year and you keep failing, it's not a smart move. You need to change it up. I would recommend going and speaking to a coach. Um, if you're listening to this and you're in that position, like do not hesitate to drop me a message and I'll be able to help you out. But hopefully this podcast is helping as well. Um, yeah, so, and it's one of the things that I've never got about the weight is I don't know where people have got these numbers from as well. Like where are these numbers came from? It's crazy. Like I need to lose two stone. Like you won't be happy when you get to there. I can guarantee you that. And it is, it's all about falling in love with the process. Um, I always say to people, I've been saying this a lot, quite a lot in my group, and I'm, I'm like saying, see when someone comes and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with saying you need to lose a bit of weight, but when people come with this like, idea of what they need to do, it's almost like they're telling me before, they're asking me for help, but they're all like, this is what I need to do, I just need to address this, this is what I need from you, and I'm like, hmm, no you don't, you need to do this, um, try this, and they're like, they're just kind of set in their ways, um, but it's a bit like saying to someone, like, if someone wanted to become a dot, like, let's say that someone's parents were, they were like a, a head surgeon and like the, one of their children was like, I want to grow up and be like my dad, right? They would know that they need to go to university. They need to go to university for like seven years. I don't know what it is to be a doctor. They know that they need to go to a, a respected university. They need to work hard. They need to get good grades in school. They need to obviously study a lot. They're going to have to commit a lot of their life to it. Once they become qualified, they're then going to have to be top of their game constantly trying to strive for progress and that what i'm getting at is that the, the end goal is obviously to make a set successful degree uh, career as a doctor but just focusing on the weight loss is just someone like making a statement like i need a degree and you're like what do you need a degree for and you're like i don't know i just need a degree i need a degree i'm like well no one's probably going to be co coherent to that but the other person that maybe wants to strive to be a doctor or a lawyer they understand that that's just going to be part of the process and what I'm trying to get at is don't focus on the wrong things. There's no right or wrong, but you can't place all your emphasis on the things that like just solely based on the number and the scales because you will find yourself tripping up at the first hurdle. The first time you go on holiday, the first time you maybe pick up an injury, just the first thing that pops up, it'll be quite easy to be like, here, I don't like this. I'm just going to revert back to what I was doing before because that was nice. Do you know what I mean? So um, as it's trying to fall in love with the process and be consistent or whatever you're choosing to do. Um, and in the last part, I'm going to kind of touch some points on tracking your nutrition and what it does for you. Now, if anyone follows me in my social media, I used to be quite anti-tracking, not during being a PT, and before I was a personal trainer, quite anti-tracking. Like, you don't need to do that because I was able to do it without. To be honest, I wasn't optimizing what I was doing. I was just able to generate a decent result without doing it. But I would recommend everyone to do it. Here's 10 reasons why. It liberates you. It gives you understanding with food it lets you like go out for meals at the weekend and you know that you've managed it you can plan ahead and it just gives you that flexibility and understanding to be like here i know what i'm doing here whereas there's other people that they'll go that all or nothing approach where they, they deny themselves the whole week and then they they, they go i'm just going to push the fuck it button at the weekend out for dinner five times going out for breakfast and all that nights out boozing dense calorie drinks they're doing it they're like oh there's no point it's it's not understanding, it's understanding that your decisions determine your outcome. Like that's it at the end of the day. However, tracking your calories gives you that understanding and flexibility to be like, here, I'm in charge. Nobody else is, I'm in charge. Yep, so freedom number two, freedom and accountability. Like accountability massively. Like when anytime, I don't track year round. Like I literally do it before I go on holiday. However, if you're doing it for short periods, if you, if you get into start your fitness journey and you're like, do you know what? I'm going to track for the first two months. You're paving the way for success so that you can then step away from doing it and you don't need it. See, thinking that you need to follow a meal plan or something for like the rest of your life, that's not a long-term solution. It's just a bit of guidance. But tracking your calories gives you that accountability. I use it when I'm doing a cut and it's like, I like snacking in the evening. But when I'm tracking, I'm like, here, my calories are under. I've exercised and I've, I've maintained good activity. I would rather save my calories for the weekend to give myself some flexibility. So do you know what? I don't need that four extra biscuits from my tea or something. So it's just wee things like that. Accountability is massive. Um, three, it improves your relationship with food. You get rid of that good and bad mentality. Um, number four, it opens up your eyes. You see that there's no quick fix or magic pill. You just see that it's a case of, I remember like I was like, so I can eat that and I can, I'm not going to put on fat. Like I can eat that. Like what I was talking about with the McDonald's, the Big Mac diet earlier, like 
like I'm not condoning it, but I'm just saying like that's the it works off of that principle. Um, number four, it opens up your eyes. Oh, sorry, I've just didn't say that again. Number five, it's a guilt-free approach. You're not like smashing your head off the wall because you had a pizza at the weekend. Um, six, you stop labeling foods. Um, see that even if you aren't willing to track your calories, because I know some people are like, oh, I just I don't want to do that, but see to be honest i think that's a wee bit of a cop out as well like it doesn't take much to do it you literally can download a free app and it takes literally point number 10 it literally takes 15 to 10, 20 minutes your day it's not a lot of time so um again i think that is a wee bit of a cop out when people are saying it's too much of an effort um i always say to everyone do you know it's a no it's an effort being fat and moaning about it all the time that's a pure effort like doing that your whole life so Quickly downloading a free app and tracking your calories and building some good habits doesn't really seem so much of a, an effort when you put it into terms like that. Um, so yeah, um, stop labeling foods. But if you aren't going to track, just read your packaging of your foods and understand the value of it. You don't even need to download MyFitnessPal. You can write down in pen and paper if you're old school like that. I've got clients that do that. That's absolutely fine. Um, number eight, you eliminate this flat fat loss forever approach. Like you understand it here. If I just do this, I could get to this point, then I can start focusing on striving for maintenance. And it's like you realize how measurable it is in understanding. I've missed number seven. I'm, I'm making a disaster of this. Um, it builds habits for a lifetime. So that's what I was saying before. It gives you that understanding to be like, here, do you know what? I can kind of tell you roughly what my, if I have, you might have five go-to breakfasts that you make in the house and you know roughly from using a set of scales and you can eyeball roughly how many calories it is. But again, as I said, if you feel that you're lacking a bit of accountability, it's good to do it for an odd week or so to kind of set you back in track. Um, number nine, flexible dieting. You can still involve the foods and drinks that you enjoy and you can you can obviously manage your composition uh, as much as you like. And then 10, it literally takes 15 to 20 minutes of your day. Most people spend over three hours a day on their phone, which is wild. So if you're literally on your phone, use a little bit of the time to actually be productive with it, which is so, so handy. And like, again, as I said before, people learn off their own data. If this podcast has maybe made you make the decision to go away and download that today, then I'm happy. That's the main focus of it. But anyway, guys, that is everything for the KDH podcast, episode number five. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, keep listening in. Keep tagging your friends. Screenshot it and tag it in your stories. And remember, if anyone is interested in work, working with me, come away from this and you can contact me on Facebook or Instagram as well. And I'll always respond to a message that anyone sends me. But apart from that, ladies and gents, thank you very much. And I shall see you later. Bye.